It's looking like TL has the super team, and it's looking like Jensen might not have a team. We're going to get into that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Arcane came out. We're definitely getting into some Arcane talk. We're going to leave that towards the end, though. Uh, and there will be spoilers. That's why we're leaving it to the end of the show. So if you don't want spoilers, avoid the last segment of the show. And what else? There's, there's more NA rumors. There's more EU rumors. Worlds just happened. There's so much to get into. Uh, Blue Jay and JNT250, this is episode 65 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. Jinter, let's go, man. Let's start with the TL Super Team stuff. Give me the NA details. Well, um, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, TL's putting together this little super team. Um, I'll just preface this by saying I can't really think of an actual quote-unquote super team that actually, like, succeeded, especially in the West. So yeah. while I'm, one, very excited for this roster, two... I mean, the pos like history says that this is most likely going to fail, not because okay, of so these what's specific the roster players. First, let's let's say the yeah. roster for, in for case people, people don't know. Yeah, if you in don't case. know, somehow um, their projected roster is going to be Bwipo in the top lane. Coming back to the top lane, Santorin jungle, Bjergsen mid, Hansama AD carry, and Core JJ support. Yeah. Okay. Now, right off the bat, who do you think is the best player on this team? Because that's not obvious, right? Um, if I had to, like, uh, I think currently it would be Hansama. I think so too. But I, I would only, Hansama. I would only say that because Core JJ had a bit of a down year. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a down year, just down in comparison to his previous two years. And Bjergsen yeah. hasn't played in a year. And the last time Bjergsen was playing, he was the best player in the LCS, pretty much. Uh, him or Core JJ at the time when you know summer was going on and TSM was making the the dream run. Um, but I, if I like, if I was picking players at their peak, I think I would still pick Core JJ. Yeah, I, I well, actually, that's a good. That one's tough because Hansama to me, I, and I mentioned this before we even knew that he was coming to North America. I thought Hansama was the best AD carry in Europe. Do you remember me saying that a few oh, episodes yeah, yeah. ago? You've been saying yeah, that. Yeah. So, so uh, this to me was like, holy, like usually you don't get people when they're at their prime coming over to North America. Um, I'm more excited about Hansama. Goods. Well, and not even necessarily expired, but definitely not. What's the there's there's um, there's not there's best before date, but like there's something like that. I don't know what the the term I'm looking for is. Um, but anyways, I think he's at his peak. And when we got perks, for example, like I did not think perks was at his peak. And so I'm more hyped on this Hansama signing than I am on the perks signing. Um, and it's not because I thought perks was was bad but you could clearly see the drop off from 2019 perks to 2020 and so i was a little bit nervous coming into 2021 and ultimately uh, there was a good reason for it i think um and you could also argue that maybe um alfari was coming over at his peak um that one's deb debatable i think uh probably near his peak but this one i'm mm -hmm. like for sure like hansam is coming over at his peak mm -hmm. there's no doubt there and so i think that's something that's really really crazy and the the worry for me, a lot of people are talking about Bjergsen as a worry because he took a year off, and I think that's totally valid. I think there's that, but also Whippo, who hasn't played top for a whole year. Um, I think there's worry with both of these players, uh, but regardless, I think they will both perform really well still. I, I'm I'm on the optimistic side more than the pessimistic with these two. Yeah, um, I would tend to agree. Uh, the main, I wouldn't even call it a concern, but like Whippo to me is... I think a pretty interesting decision for Team Liquid to round out this roster. 
because it does like you have you have like a very very volatile person in the top lane in terms of his gameplay like whippo is a very feast or famine type player it was very clear when you watched him play in the lec when he was when he was going up against other very strong top laners specifically wonder i think in pretty much every single g2 versus fanatic series from 2019 to 2021 it was either wonder sw smashing whippo or whippo smashing wonder and so I don't think the, I also, my main reason for this is I think the tops in NA, I think are pretty good for the most part. Huni played well last split, Impact played well last split, Fudge played well last split, and I got to give credit to Someday who's kind of like, his performances got better as the, as summer split went yeah. on because he was a player I was pretty low on. I wouldn't put Someday up there. I wouldn't, but I'm just saying names. he's a solid top laner. And I just, yeah. I don't think that yeah. top lane is as much of a cakewalk in NA as it used to be in like season eight and season nine where what our, our best top laner in the league was like impact. And now we have these other great players who have definitely surpassed him and impact is like kind of on the decline. So I was a bit surprised to see them one go after a player who, you know, isn't like, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know how to phrase this, but maybe isn't like in the best mental state at the current moment. Uh, two is coming off of a role swap and three has a naturally very volatile play style in this very, I would conservative roster like Santorin's not this big flashy player Bjergsen kind of is but hasn't been very recently Ansama is like technical by the books Core J is your flashy so a couple of things so for me I'm always pro um aggressive I always I say this all the time I think aggressive is the way you want to play League of Legends so if that's what you're getting out of Whippo I think TL should be happy with that now yes obviously guys make mistakes when they're playing aggressive you can go too aggressive that does exist I would rather have aggressive than passive all day long. And I, I would also say that Whippo, even though, yes, you could say volatile, he's still been one of the best top lanes in the LEC for the last, what, three, four years? So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not worried about, about Whippo as far as how he's been playing in the past. Um, I, I worry about the year off from, uh, or the time off from playing top lane. That's what I'm more worried about. Not so much the, uh, not his play style or anything like that. Yeah, um, I, I guess it's funny just like even thinking about talking to TL roster like right now, like it's pretty apparent that this roster is going to do very great things in North America. I guess it just feels like I'm mostly talking about up against the best NA teams and then therefore like other international teams because it would be a huge, well, I don't even know what you would call it, surprise disappointment to see this team play poorly. And play yes. poorly is not making top three, not going to Worlds, not winning a split, to be honest, like not getting first in the regular season. With all the other various roster rumors that we've heard, it feels pretty hard for a team to outperform this team, this team on paper. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. When I saw this roster, I said, this is our first seed. This, they are going to Worlds. And I did not say that when I saw <laughs> Cloud9's roster we're talking about last worlds. year. <laughs> yeah, I did not say that about cloud nine last year when they got perks and they had the whole roster i was still optimistic they would be good but i remember wondering going back and forth on whether i thought tl or cloud nine was better at the start of last year once we found out what the rosters were and this year i don't think that any other team can put together a roster that i think would be better than this. so i think no matter what happens with the other teams um i think that this is going to be my number one team going into this year me um, as well it's just but that 
it is funny though what you say like worlds just ended and it's like yeah let's i mean we will talk about what just happened but it's like oh let's not talk about the finals that just happened this week let's talk about next year's world mm -hmm. yeah so and i mean i guess that, that is a little fun the only thing that i will say just to play a bit of devil's advocate here is 100 thieves did beat tl in the finals last year and you know mm -hmm. there is a completely fair argument to be made that a roster who is from what we've heard of, most likely staying together for next year. Right. There's a ton yep. of benefit in already having played a year together, knowing play styles, easier team synergy, whatever, whatever. So, you know, it wouldn't, it also wouldn't be surprising to me should we see 100 Thieves get out of the gate early. Yeah, I, I, right now I have TL and 100 Thieves going to Worlds. We'll have to see oh what the other rosters look Sounds like. Sounds like such a meme to say that. No, I, the thing is that that's what I think though, because when you put the, I know that sounds like a meme, but and when it, you're putting know, these rosters together, when you're putting these rosters together for North America, you want to go to Worlds. So even though it's weird that we're talking about that this early, I think I think it's totally warranted because that's what the goal is for a lot of teams, especially the teams that like TSM, who's won plenty of of North American titles and just missed Worlds. And the last year before, they went 06. At, like, TSM wants to get back to Worlds again, in my opinion, way more than they want to win North America, although I'm sure they obviously want both. Um, oh, uh. that's, a, that's a story for another day. So um, the, the one thing that stands out to me when you look at, well, uh, other than the amazing talent, when you look at this TL roster and what's different from last week, well, last week we talked about how maybe Jensen would be on this roster, and Jensen was on this roster for the last year, but he would be playing AD Carey was the... Uh, sort of plan it looks like that definitely fell through and now there's rumors or rumors i don't know there's a clip from jensen's stream saying he might not have a team next year and travis didn't say i was watching hotline league tonight travis didn't say jensen doesn't have a team but he said it's possible and to me it sounded like at the current moment that jensen does not have a team right now that like whereas last week i thought maybe it was um or we thought it was TL, and then that the like just a few days ago, we thought it might have been EG. I don't. I think as of right now, it's more likely that no team than EG from the sounds of what we're hearing. Which that to me is unbelievable. I cannot believe Jensen, the guy who just had North America's best performance at Worlds, though like I th he was hands down North America's best player this year at Worlds, does not have a team right now. I I can't believe that. That blows my mind. Yeah, and you wonder, you know, from Jensen's point of view, like, is it worth it to, like, should you not have a spot on this TL roster? Should you not get a spot on the Cloud9 roster? Should you not get a spot on, you know, the EG roster, which I think are the two other like, rumored teams to potentially be involved with Jensen? Do you go to a lesser team to play? Or do you sit a year and not play, or sit half a split and not play? And who knows, maybe some team who presumably have this very strong roster and want to make a push their mid laner is not working out and then they got to hit up jensen like is it worth him to play for a lesser team in order to play to potentially guarantee mm -hmm. a spot next free agency go around or do you sit this one out and i think it's a really difficult conversation that jensen probably has to have with himself if he's right. not going to be getting one of these starting spots but if you're one of these mid-tier to low-tier teams you should literally be doing whatever you can to scrounge up the financial assets and like to try to get Jensen on your team. If you're a middle of the pack team, you should be doing yeah, whatever you possibly can. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. One, I, I worry that they can't afford his contract. Cause let's, I just want to remind people Jensen has a very big contract. Um, 
So I think that in or maybe TL is trying to sell it for like half of what it's worth. Maybe TL will pay part of the contract for someone else to eat up the other half. Or I I don't know how the contract specifics work. They they those aren't made public, so we don't know. But that could be a possibility of what's holding him back from going to say a Dignitas or or uh, Immortals or whatever. The other thing is that. Like you said, maybe maybe he just doesn't want to go to one of these teams. Like you were saying that he might have to balance out whether he wants to go take a break or play for one of the lower tier teams. Maybe he doesn't want that. And, and that's something that you can only speculate on because we haven't heard how he thinks about it. But we've heard players in the past say that they don't want to play on lower tier teams. I'm thinking, of course, of Doublelift, who's been really vocal that he doesn't want to play for shitter teams, as we've heard. I, now, I don't know if that's how Jensen feels about it, but it is possible. But, I mean, you also got to think that Jensen is a player who's earned that quote-unquote privilege of saying, hey, I'm not going to join any dog shit teams yes, because I'm absolutely. that good of a player. Absolutely. He's been one of North America's best mid laners since he came into the league. Like what yeah. six or seven years ago or whatever mm. it was it's pretty much like, just been a two-horse race with Bjergsen and I would argue being a bit of a c9 homer that Jensen was starting to get the better of Bjerg when Bjerg retired but eh, whatever then he got replaced but they're they're pretty I much equal I see them as equals I would say so I do too actually but I would still say Bjergsen was definitely better uh just not a whole lot more better and, and I think that there was one or two splits where I thought Jensen had a better split than Bjergsen, and the one was like 2017. What what was that split that I, I've mentioned to you many times that Jensen got robbed for MVP? Do you remember which one? Probably 2017 summer, because 2017 spring was Arrow or some dog shit. It was Arrow and Hanser, and I, my it opinion, Hanser got robbed. 2016. I don't remember. There was one split where Jensen was hands down the kill leader, and he was 1v9ing so many games, and Bjergsen was still Bjergsen. Like, he's still good. But Jensen just had the best split six. of his life. It might have been season six. Regardless, season six anyways, summer. Because if you're th if you're talking about the high kill season, that was that one. Because that was also when he like had that game against Envious in the playoffs, where he had like 22 kills on the Blanc. Yeah, I, I don't want to get. I, I'm putting ourselves too far into the weeds here because I know more kills doesn't mean you're just the MVP. I realize it's not that simple. That's not what I'm saying. And to get into it would be a whole nother discussion. But all of this, what we're trying to say here is like, Somebody this needs guy to deserves sign Jensen. to be on a fucking team, man. <laughs> like, what the hell? And so uh, Judge Judy in the live chat, he, he called into Hotline tonight, and I thought his take was really good. He said, I hope I don't mislead. Maybe you could post your take in the live chat, Judge Judy. But um, he basically said that he thinks TL's making a mistake getting rid of Jensen for Bjergsen. Now, I don't agree because, like I just mentioned, I think Bjergsen is the better mid laner, and I think he's been better for most of, the, uh, of his time in, um, it, well, just most of his time in the LCS. But I don't think it's obvious because Bjergsen's taking a year off. We don't, like, that, that year off, man, it's really hard to know what you're going to get out of a player that hasn't played competitive for a full year. And so that's why I don't think it's very obvious. Me, I would go Bjergsen. I really would. But it's not obvious, and where I lost my mind, JNT, this was where LS said that he didn't think Jensen was that great of a player, um, and he, he said something along the lines of, I don't want to misrepresent here, something along the lines of, uh, he didn't think, he thought that if he were able to sit down and go through his pro view, that there would be things that he could point out, that's fine, that's okay, but when he said that he thinks Jensen is put on champions that make him look better, what I lost my mind. What does that I, mean? Well, yeah. So I don't know because if you look, let me pull up Jensen's champions that he played at Worlds this year when he's 
one v nine. This was like I was irate. <laughs> the only thing Jensen that I... played Syndra, Syndra, TF, LeBlanc. He had a bad Aurelia game, uh, which is like what LS really heavily leaned on. Twisted Fate, LeBlanc, LeBlanc, Twisted Fate, uh, Syndra, LeBlanc, Rise. Like, oh, you mean the champions that all the other mid laners are playing, man? Like, I could use that same argument for Showmaker, but no one would use that argument for Showmaker. Yeah. Like, like oh, Showmaker's just playing these champions that make him look... Like, what? And I normally agree with a lot of what LS says, but I was losing it, and I was, like, begging to be pulled onto Hotline so that I could defend Jensen on this. And JNT, I, I'm, I promise I'm done with my rant now, but is there anything of what I just said there that is crazy? Am I, am I losing it? Well, I mean, you definitely lost me at... Like he's playing champions that make him look good. What does that mean? So he's performing the, the thing good. Is, I I may like, not be directly quoting, but that is the idea of no, what. No, but he I, said. I like, get I, that. But like, what is like the negative? What is the negativity in that statement? Like you're making you're playing champions that make you look good. Well, if you're looking good, then you have to be playing good at, at least yes, at a bare minimum. I, and yes. second of all, like like you just mentioned, to say that he's playing champions that make him look better and. The, all the champions that he's playing, uh, Syndra, LeBlanc, Twisted Fate, and Ryze, uh, and like I, you didn't say Silas, but like those five mid laners are the top, we're all the top five mid laners at Worlds, so that's kind of ridiculous. Jinter, I wasn't even naming off the top mids at Worlds. I was naming off the champions that Jensen played. No, no, no but I, but I mean at, be... at Worlds, the best five mid laners yeah. were LeBlanc, Ryze, TF, Syndra, and Silas. Which like everyone is playing, yeah, right? Like everyone. everyone's playing. And people those play champions. people played some like weird champs in there, like the Malzahar, like the Aurelia, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I've never I don't think oh, I've yeah, ever man. been this fired up from one of the takes of the actual people like the uh, the people on the show, not the callers. The callers will if you let the callers takes get to you, you're you're you don't want to watch Hotline League if, <laughs> if that bothers you. But this is like LS who like he knows his shit. Like I, I have faith that LS knows what he's talking about. In this instance, I think he's on crack. <laughs> I couldn't believe when he said that. And and for those that think I might be misleading in what I'm saying about LS, Judge Judy in the chat is backing me up here saying that's what he said verbatim. So I, I'm not making this up. This was, End of it was story. very, very crazy to me. That's yeah, what he very, said. very crazy to me. Um, getting back to, to his take, though, what do you think about the, the Jensen Bjergsen thing? Do you think it, if you're TL, it would be better to go Bjergsen or Jensen? Hmm. I think I've held this sort of opinion with a lot of top players who I, if I would want on my team going to worlds, like you have players that are going to be at a certain level and never really go too much higher than that level and never really go too much lower than that level. And then you have the opposite player, one who has a huge ceiling, but also has a huge floor example perks. That guy has both a huge ceiling and a huge floor. When he's on, he's on. He's carrying the game. He's 1v9. And when he's not, he's inting the game. And he's he, running it down. You saw the highs and lows of that at Worlds in the LeBlanc right. game against uh, Rogan and Tiebreaker and in that Rise game against FPX in their, their first matchup between the two. And I think the way that I see Bjergsen is he's basically a constant 9 out of 10. Like he is solid top mid laner, always a 9 out of 10. And yep. with Jensen, I think it's always been... Jensen's either the 8 or the 10. He's either that one step below Bjergsen. Majority of the time, I would say, like 75%, he's that 8 out of 10 in comparison to Bjergsen. But 25% of the time, he is that 10 out of 10 doing more than Bjergsen is doing. Because I think, like, don't get me wrong, both players, great players. But I do think that Jensen has 
the slightly higher ceiling than Bjergsen, but also the lower floor. And when building a roster for international success, you don't always want to play it safe. Like if your goal is to truly go to Worlds and do well, like it sh the goal shouldn't be just to make Worlds. The goal should be to make semifinals, to make quarterfinals, to make finals. And teams yeah. who hold those lofty goals and they ha they you know they go for those kinds of players, like it can very often you know pan out for them and they do great things. But other times you just have these rosters that stagnate at Worlds in comparison to the rest of the player base. I'm gonna use 100 Thieves as an example. Um, like they aren't it, like other than, in my opinion, FBI. All their players, and maybe closer, all of their players have this specific ceiling that they're never gonna like take that step over the mound, except for those players I just named, closer FBI. And we kind of saw that at Worlds. Like someday was getting shit on. I mean, I say getting shit on. Like they were they were losing to EDG and T1. So like it's really hard to make a huge <laughs> yeah. argument here. But like you could see the problems in the top, the mid, and the support, and the jungle kind of because closer was getting shit on. But I don't know. I've always felt I've always had the opinion that if you're designing an NA roster to go to Worlds. Your goal shouldn't be just to get to Worlds and make groups and go out. It should be to do something aggressive, go for players that are going to have a high ceiling. And I think in this case, I would have rather Jensen. One, because he's already been on the team. And two, because I think he's been a very good international performer his entire career, and Bjergsen has not. One thing I will say is that Jensen did not have the greatest year in, in the LCS specifically. I, I mentioned that. I thought he was totally 1v9 at Worlds, and, and honestly, he was, which... Well, hang on, separate points, so one thing at a time. So that is something where I need to be um, more more fair in into the criticism of Jensen. His year as a whole was not that great, but his world's performance was. And that, that to me, is like... And that's I what matters. Believe... Like, that's well, what that's, people that's talk about. That's how I look at it. But you'll hear a lot of people say that North American titles still matter a lot to them as well. Papa well, Smith Team Liquid, being shouldn't. vocal about that in his interview with, with Travis uh, not too long ago. Um, but yeah, to Team Liquid, yeah, that's a good point, right? Similar, to Team Liquid, similar you to, want to TSM, see some international success. Similar to TSM and Cloud Nine, their goals are to have success at the international level. All yeah. three of these teams have won enough domestically, have a popular enough fan base, have enough uh, support from sponsors because of their domestic success to go out and do these various things. Like they are the ones yeah. that they get to buy the great players. They are the ones that, more often than not, are going to Worlds. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, back to you, what you were saying before, I, I half agree in the sense that I agree when you were talking about how you would like uh, more higher risk and higher reward. That part I agree with. The part that I didn't agree with was the Bjergsen having the, or Jensen having the higher ceiling. That, I don't think so. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on that, but I'm thinking about all the times that Bjergsen was just absolutely hard stomping in playoffs. And that to me was his ceiling. and. Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess I just don't see that being lower than anything Jensen has done. Um, however, that is in North America. And I maybe you were talking about internationally, perhaps? Or am I getting that wrong? For what? Just, like, performances? For when you see their ceiling. Like, like I think Jensen, or excuse me, I think Bjergsen's ceiling is, is probably as good as Jensen's, maybe better. However, we haven't seen it at Worlds. So that's where I could see some criticism being there. But where I don't agree with you is that his ceiling, uh, or that Jensen's ceiling is higher than Bjergsen. That part I don't necessarily agree with. I think more recently, I, I would tend towards Jensen. I think before, obviously, in probably seasons 5 to 8, 5 to 9, it was probably more Bjergsen favor. But Jensen is consistently either 1 or 2. And, yeah. you know, I tend to... 
I, I even say this with traditional sports. Like I, I tend to prefer the performers when it when it comes down to clutch time, like the crunch yeah, time. Like if fair. I need, if I need a clutch player, like I'm gonna take the clutch player over the good regular season player. Yeah, and I I guess what I would say is I don't think Bjerg or like I do think Bjergsen has been clutch. Um, yeah, well that that was a very stage black and, and white example, but you yeah. kind of get my point there. Yeah, yeah. It's close. Um, I mean, like, I'm saying this, like, it's, oh, yeah. my God, it's so easy, Jensen over Bjergsen. Like, it's not. And and I would assume right. TL probably ran all those things in their own evaluation of the situation, considering we even heard that Bjergsen was able to start talking to teams back in September. So TL has probably been mulling this over for the better part of two months now. Mm-hmm. Obviously wanted to keep Jensen in the first place with hearing about this whole role swap thing. Um, but, like, they probably got the phone call, like, Oh hey, we can get Han Sama. Yeah, fuck this plan. Let's go get Han Sama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, let's just go get the best ADC in the West and not right. like potentially dick around. And hopefully, we kind of get lucky, like G two. I said, get lucky. That was kind of a meme, but like, they did get a bit lucky there. Come on. Okay, and, and so before, because we've gone on about this for quite some time, but yeah, before like we move minutes. on, I I do want to say what Jensen's quote was on his stream because I forgot to mention it. So what he said was, I don't plan on retiring, but there is a possibility that I won't be playing next year. We'll have to uh, we'll have to see what happens, I guess. That's what he said. So for those that just wanted to know what the clip said in case you haven't seen it. Um, so it sounds like things are still up in the air. Um, let, let's get over. Do you want let's double lift, right? We got to get into the double lift stuff. Of course. Back. <laughs> question mark. So, well, yeah, question mark is for sure. So. If you listen to Travis, who's a very good friend of Doublelift's, he would have said, I've heard him say many times, that he doesn't think Doublelift would, would come back. He didn't think at all it would happen, and that he was kind of surprised himself that he was making a video talking about the possible return of Doublelift. Now, what's being, what we're being told is that all the stars have to align, and he needs to be sure that he has a solid support to play with, and, well, I guess probably just team in general. But I'm surprised that he's coming back as well, and I... I am not as confident in Doublelift's return as I am Bjergsen's. Um, when Bjergsen left, I thought Bjergsen was still towards the top of his game, maybe not at, but close to, whereas I did not think that was the case with Doublelift. His last season with TSM, I thought actually looked much weaker than what we're used to seeing out of Doublelift. And so when I see that, I'm, I'm a lot worried as to uh, seeing a player on the decline take a year off and then come back. That to me is a lot... Uh, I'm a lot more worried about that than the player that looked good when they took a break, if you will. Yeah, I mean, pretty hard to argue with that. I mean, to give the double lift side of things, obviously, you know, it was kind of even his decision, but, you know, with the whole moving off of TL and going back to TSM situation that happened in the middle of spring and summer, it was fairly evident that support was fairly weak within TSM throughout the entirety of that split, because we did see Doublelift reunite with Biofrost. Not look very good. They sub in treats uh, from their academy team, who played for, I want to say, two weeks, two and a half weeks, before resubbing back in Biofrost before the start of playoffs. And, you know, we both said many, many times on the show that we thought that Doublelift and Biofrost did not look good and were the problem. And right. it definitely is difficult to peg who is more at fault in this situation, because I think both players looked bad. And who knows if that's more on one player or if who knows that's more on the other player or if that's just like an equal 50-50 share of them playing bad. But it is hard to ignore, you know, Doublelift's 
one his, his trophy case that's probably sitting behind him in yep. the corner in his apartment and he's laughing at all you know the rest of the shit that's going on mm-hmm. and you know like he's the second best NA player of all time right behind Bjergsen and could be in other people's opinions ahead of Bjergsen uh, so it's pretty hard to ignore that and I think a return to any team would be welcomed but from what we have been told it's going to be a good team or no team and so you would have to guess that the only two options left are C9 or EG. Now, maybe still TSM. I shouldn't, I shouldn't count out TSM. But the, the reason why <laughs> I, I don't, don't think, think it's TSM, I, the reason... So, wait, why do you think? Because well, like, why it, do you think? It would just contradict everything that they said in their video that they put out when they're talking about, yeah. hey, we're going to build this team around. We're going to work on younger talent development. We're going to keep Huni and Spika as the cornerstones of this team. And, like, we're not looking to spend huge. Like, we're not going to go bring the, brink, bring the Brinks truck out for these free agents. So, obviously, you so know, sure, TSM is coming off. Like, of. Yeah, Double's not coming off a great year. But at the same time, like, it's still going to cost a lot of money to sign him. So the reason why I thought not TSM, I didn't even think of that, but that of course makes sense. The reason why I thought is because on his stream recently, he said something along the lines of like TSM ain't it right now or something. Yeah, no, like I, that. I, I didn't. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, that's not a good thing. You like that's not something you want to hear out of Double It. Well, I mean, you would also have to think that he probably knows a little bit more than the rest of us know, considering the whole yeah. Lena situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so. yeah, just a reminder that Lena took TSM out of her stuff on twitter i mean read into that what you will uh but it looks like maybe lena's not with tsm anymore i don't know uh but yeah that's i guess that is another thing to add to the equation so that's why i say c9 or eg however on hotline tonight and and maybe even in the doublelift returning video that travis gafford made um it sounded like he was saying zven might actually be staying on c9 now whereas at first it sounded like zven was going to be leaving and so then your options are probably just EG. And it's like, are you going to replace Danny for a guy that looked worse in his last season of his year and then took a break? I think that's a big mistake if EG replaced Danny with, with double lift. I, I really do, which um, maybe that's crazy to say to some people, but I don't think it's crazy at all. I, I think you might have one of the most promising young players that the LCS has ever had. Uh, and yes, I know people are going to point to Mike Young and XD, of course, Keck W. All that. Well, I was going to say he's like the Blabber 2.0. Maybe, maybe, right? Because in terms, in terms know. of his like aggression and like what he does, and he's kind of cracked, like yeah. But he also was yeah. kind of inting at points. The thing is, I thought his int moments were very few and far between. Oh no, in but like into his pop off. Oh, for sure. And so, so that's why I like, and and he's a young new player. So like that's where I'm like, whoa, man, like. I can't wait to see what this guy can do yeah, once dude. he gets more time. My, my, my you Young's know. a meme. We, we don't even need to discuss this guy. Well, it, the, uh, you do need to bring it up because you need to bring up the possibility of what can go wrong. It's not all Danny's just going to be amazing and it's that simple. There are chances that Danny is a bust. That happens in pro sport, like traditional sports all the time. It happens in esports. It happens everywhere, and it is a possibility. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I think Danny's a beast, but it can happen. So I, I don't think you can just ignore that. Um, what else? Uh, so I, I guess at that point, where is the other available options if we've heard Doublelift say in the past 
that he doesn't want to play for any shitter teams. Like well, he I'm, has said that during his co-streams, right? I mean, I think that's the point. Is like here, like we can very definitive, definitively isolate the league into two sections. There's the top section, which is TSM, TL, Cloud Nine, One Hundred Thieves, and Evil Geniuses, the good teams. And then there are the other five, which are the bad teams. There's CLG, FlyQuest, Immortals, Dignitas, and I'm forgetting one. Golden Guardians. Um, yeah, so Doublelift's not playing for any of those five teams. And as you've just outlined, <laughs> TL and 100 Thieves are not options. And EG is a maybe, because we don't know. But if we look at the math, it's probably better to keep Danny based on recent performances. And TSM, we just talked about them. Bit of an XD. I don't think he's going back to TSM. And honestly, it really only leaves C9 to me. And if I was Cloud9 and I was making the decision between staying with Sven, getting double lift, or getting a different player, whether whether that's an import, uh, a, a big import from the LEC, I don't even know, there's not really that many, but anybody left, a young import from Europe, or maybe just an NA Academy guy, like, I think I would just have to go with double lift. Like, Sven has been a problem on Cloud9. Like he, he, like sure, I think there are other yeah. problems that you can point to, and more recently you can point to that's not Sven being perks and blabber when it comes to these big oh no what the fuck are you doing moments where a guy is just straight up hinting. <laughs> but we've seen time and time again Sven get caught, uh, Sven make these same repeated mistakes that have been happening ever, ever since he came to North America and joined TSM. And I, I don't know. I th I've said this before. I'm a high risk high reward guy. Like. If C9 double lift is an option, I would take it. Interesting. Interesting. I would definitely do yeah. I, would, I would want that also for like everybody else's sake for Danny to stay on EG and for EG to just not jump ship off of Danny after the split that he just had. Like I think the better option maybe with the whole with the entire roster, like maybe EG, maybe going EG is better, but at the same time like then you're just like ditching the hell out of Danny and then if you're Cloud9, you got to phone up EG and get Danny. Yeah, the yeah, that, honestly, that's what you have to wonder. Because if if EG did go with double lift, you gotta assume they're still gonna get bank for Danny. You oh, for gotta sure. assume, right? So that that's something I guess that you could put into the equation as well. Um, the the other thing I'll say about EG is that I thought that they were set up to have a lineup that would go to worlds. I thought I mentioned before how I thought TL and One Hundred Thieves are going to have lineups that are worlds bound. I thought my third one was going to be EG when I heard of the potential Impact-inspired Jensen, Danny, Ignar roster. I was like, that's a roster that can go to Worlds. Now, I haven't heard that it's not the case, but I'm starting to suspect the inspired thing is not happening. Fugazi, as you would say. Fugazi, yeah, <laughs> Fugazi. <laughs> it's Fugazi. Now, the reason why I suspect that um, is because I think that if, if you were getting inspired, you were probably going to go with your we can make it to worlds roster, which would then include Jensen. Um, the fact that Jensen might not be on a team anymore makes me think that either they weren't able to get inspired and so now they don't want to spend on Jensen because this team was all ready to spend. That, that was like, we know they wanted to make a super team. That was said a few times. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe they can't get inspired. And that's why I think they're like, well, if we can't get inspired, we can't go for our super team. Why not just run Jojo Pune and Danny are too young there's supposed to be a lot of hype behind both of these guys and let's see how they do while spending way less. So yeah. I, I don't even think that what EG is doing is necessarily wrong. I'm just confused because it's like, 
I'm just trying to connect all the dots here. It's really, really weird. If you could get inspired, wouldn't you go after Jensen instead of Jojo Pyun? I mean, maybe. The other thing that I remember I was kind of preaching a bit in our last episode was talking about how, me personally, I wish we see more North American rosters stick together and we see these teams sort of play it out an additional year instead of blowing the whole thing up. And I feel like EG is a really good example of that where, yeah, sure, they didn't have the playoff success and didn't make it to Worlds as they were probably hoping for um, and yeah, didn't have much playoff success in both spring and summer. But this was... This was the roster in the LCS last year that could beat anybody and could lose to anybody. And should you be able to find that consistency? Like, we could have been looking at a really, really good team. Um, like, one of the problems that I would always point with EG and Immortals was somebody was kind of always doing some inting in every game. And that would always make it difficult. Like, either Jazuke yeah. wasn't doing so well, but then, you know, at the end of the split, he was, like, really turning it on. And Impact had a really strong, you know, beginning to the split. And then he kind of fell off a little bit. And Sven Skarin, that guy, was up and down the entire split in it. When we saw EG, you know, actually have some consistency and they're playing well, they were a really good team. They had one of the best records in the summer split last year. And, you know, I would prefer to see, like, if EG was going to run the same roster back or run a similar variation of the roster, I would be totally okay with that. But also, I mean, if you have the money and you want to go make these big moves, like get inspired and get Jensen, I'm all for that as well. I think EG is actually in a good spot where, I kind of would feel confident with whatever they do. Whereas there's these other teams like Cloud9, like TSM, where there is just so much up in the air and your foundational pieces from last year weren't looking so good. There's question marks. Yeah. It's really strange because EG to me seemed like a team that their goal was to make it to Worlds. And to me, this seems like a perfect opportunity to do it. So I think that if they had the option of getting inspired in Jensen, they would take it. I think that's why I'm guessing that they were not able to get inspired. And so they're like, well, we're not going to spend on Jensen. That's my theory. Um, but I, I just need to make it clear, guys. I don't freaking know, man. I don't know. And if there's anything that I've learned this offseason, it is that I don't know. <laughs> like, literally, there's so many surprises that I, I can't even... Uh, predicting this this stuff is really really difficult. Did you want to run um, through quickly the other teams yeah. very quickly who we don't really know a whole lot about anyways, but there are some inklings. What? Yeah, let's do that. So I'll let you go ahead and do that then. Okay, so I'll quickly I'll run over the teams that we've already talked to a little bit. One hundred thieves. Supposedly mm -hmm. they're running back the same roster, but including tenacity on their LCS team as a little six man. Um, yeah. We've talked about, I mean, I've talked about him a few times uh, in previous episodes, talking about he's like probably an LCS-bound guy. Um, Immortals, Revenge, and Xerse are probably staying, um, while Insanity and Raze are maybe out. And mm. apparently there's high demand for Gyoto, their head coach. Yeah. Um, which was kind of interesting to hear. Like, I don't know if that means high demand, like Immortals is entertaining offers to get, like, to sell him. Or if yeah, teams like, are just inquiring, coach? I never well, knew how that worked. Eh? Well, the the one thing that just confused me when I heard that was when Immortals got Gyoto at the end of uh, like free agency last time around. He was like supposed to be like we're gonna use like this guy's gonna be our coach and we're gonna like give him what he wants and let him build the roster. Like that was kind of the word when we heard about this, and we saw that when he brought in his like origin boys and Xerxes and Destiny and kind of filled the rest with NA developmental type stuff and Revenge, Insanity, and Rei who 
he doesn't take up an import slot, so that was able to go like that. So it's kind of weird for me to hear that Gyoto might not be on that team anymore, considering everything that they told us last year would suggest that this is the guy that was going to stick around. Hmm. Uh, next up, Dignitas. No idea. That's all so, you have written for me. Well, so the, the no, there's a little bit more. It looks it looks like Afro moves maybe out, which leans into the next one which is saying that maybe Afro and Johnson could be reuniting on FlyQuest. Um, you and I loved this bot lane. So, so Dignitas, who the hell knows, uh, whatever. Um, but the FlyQuest thing is really interesting to me. So FlyQuest, it looks like Jose Diodo's leaving, which, as you remember last episode... Dude, like, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. to say for yourself. <laughs> Dude, if people don't know, last week I said, like, if I know one thing, Jose Diodo is going to stay on FlyQuest... Because what did I say? I, I remember I said something of like I don't think. Well, so. you you were I just say? like anything's possible or some dumb shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, they like changed. They literally changed their like half of their whole brand to fit this guy with the whole this the Spanish, uh, like rebroadcast with the Spanish commentary and the Spanish casting. They promoted the shit out of him, yeah, throughout the entire year, and I don't know. It just feels kind of crazy to like get rid of him like that. It is weird from the brand side of things. Now, I think that FlyQuest, I don't want to get too far into this. I think FlyQuest is going to continue with the Spanish stuff. I think they do a lot for the Spanish-speaking community, and there's a huge part of that in North America. So regardless of whether you have Jose Deodo or not, I think you keep going with that. I think they just started it because they realized, like, hey, there's a demand, especially when we're getting a Spanish-speaking player. But what if all so the that... fans flip out because you got rid of him? Maybe. Like, I, I, the thing is, I still don't think Jose so. Diodo. I still don't think so, but I, I don't think they're happy about it. But I still think you have to respect an org that is catering to that audience that hasn't been catered to and probably should be catered to. Um, outside of that and like the whole business side of things, um, they're also trying out Hanser and Jenkins, two top laners that I think are definitely worthy of LCS. Hanser, we haven't seen in a while, though, so I'm a little less confident there. But Jenkins had a good year on TL filling in for Alfari, so... I think that that's a really good sign, and I am really happy about the Johnson Aframu uh, reunite because Johnson had a very rough year, and I think that when he was playing with Afro the year before, I think they looked so good. That bot lane was so underrated. I'm happy to see them run that back and try that one. And Tukui, this guy from from the LFL, LFL. I still I know nothing about him except that I really think that that league produces a lot of good talent, and so I'm surprised that a former MVP, I think it was spring MVP, from yeah. from the LFL is not acquired from a, another team. The, the fact that FlyQuest is getting this player is really surprising. And then they're also looking at Sven or contracts. This is as per Travis Gafford's video, by the way, just for those that don't know. Uh, he made a rumor video, I think it was on uh, November 4th. Um, so that's where we're getting this information from. Which was four days ago by the time that we're yeah. talking about all this. So I, I guess what I'm saying when I look at FlyQuest, not bad. Um, considering how bad the year was, I think that yeah. they will be better. I, I think I it has to be better. Yep, I agree. Um, next up, there was Golden Guardians. It looks like they're keeping Licorice and Olive, but it looks like Chime is gone, and Travis says that he's unsure about Stixay, and he's thinking a jungle import. I don't have many thoughts on this. I think this is like, I'm glad that they're keeping Olive. Licorice, we kind of knew because they signed him. Yeah, like, yeah. As soon as they traded for him, they signed. But not a big surprise whatsoever. Uh, Chime had a rough, uh, rough split, I guess you could say, but he was also like a new player, and so they never picked him know. as bard, dude. Not a single bard yeah. game. True. Um, I don't Sad. really have too many thoughts on Golden Guardians, except that 
I think they should be happy that they still have all of. Yeah, I'm. Do you have I'm, anything more than that? I'm glad about that. I remember talking about Golden Guardians at the end of summer, and my one hope was that they were going to keep all of Licorice, Ablaze, Olive, and Stixay because I thought all those were very solid players. Um, Ablaze, Olive specifically, I thought that guy was hella underrated last split, like mega underrated. Yeah, yeah, I I think he had a really good split. Um, and then there's CLG. Yeah, last CLG but definitely says- least. There, there's, <laughs> well, man, the CLG flames starting already. We they haven't even suck, gotten man. Into 20, like, we haven't even gotten into 2022. Okay, CLG is said to be going cheap, uh, but then like you see Finn is on this list, which I was like, really? Are they gonna keep Finn? Like, they're gonna I keep don't the know, worst man. player in LCS. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah, and then you hear contracts, uh, Palafox, Luger, and Poom. I think that CLG is. Lining up very well to be the worst team in the league next year. Now, of course, this still a lot to go. Still a lot of time left. We have about a week until free agency starts. Um, but right now, it ain't looking good. Yeah. Um, the only thing that when I read that both for the first time and right now is uh, where the hell is Broxa? Yeah. Where uh, is Broxa? Well, it's funny. It's actually, I don't know. I, I said this with already somewhat knowing the answer. But I was watching one of Broxa's YouTube videos the other day. And he oh, okay. was very, his language was very ambiguous when talking about his plans for next year. Go I, on. I remember, like, this is, this is the first minute of his most, I don't even know if it was his most recent video, but, like, a video came out, like, a day or two ago. And he uh-huh. was like, I can't share with you guys my plans for next year, but I will soon, or something like that. That's it? But it was <laughs> like, yeah, there was a little bit more <laughs> to that. Well, he was like, it's very exciting and stuff. I was like, hmm, if you said the word exciting, you can't be staying on CLG. So that means you're on a new team, whether that's an NA or EU. Dude, you, the thing is, though, is that so many players will say they're excited to do whatever's next. You and cannot not be excited if your roster is going to be Finn, Palafox, Luger, and Poom. I agree, but saying you're excited doesn't mean you'll be excited. Like, if they were ever to do an interview with, like, Broxa, what do you think about joining this new team? Be like, well, I'm very excited. Because that's just what people say in those interviews. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like a PR answer. So I don't think we learn much from that. Maybe if I watched the video, I would have a different opinion. But from what it I'm se- hearing right now, it, it seemed know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm on more of the side. Like, it seemed like genuine excitement. So that okay. would make me think that CLG is not in his future. Now, in I know we're gonna get into the EU stuff in a second. In the in the Wulu spreadsheet was I'm pretty sure Broxa was on maybe the EU side of things. And so is that is that possible? That I let me see if I can find this. I'm gonna try to pull. Yeah, I'm gonna see it here. I don't remember seeing. Uh, see at the bottom of it, if you're looking at it, are we able to pull yeah, it up? Yeah, it or just no? says Broxa. No, we can't. But I do see but what you're talking about. It says it's in NA the NA players. to EU section. Yeah. 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 But it, it's in white, which means that he doesn't know or he cannot say still. Uh, this is yeah. Wulu, by the way, for LEC. the LEC guy. If people are wondering who the hell we're talking about. Um, which, I guess, to the, the last thing that I'll add, because it's on that list, the names that are possibly NA going to EU, the, play, the list has Finn as well, but also has poe and jazuke which we've heard very little about by the way yeah we where, really where are only, these guys at yeah we only heard about the poe thing when he put that like buyout thing on twitter yeah. basically saying how his contract with tsm has no buyout um also like with the whole bjergsen thing like maybe he's just gonna stay on tsm like i don't know like we didn't even talk about tsm there's one thing here on tsm is that tactical is probably going yep. to tsm yeah that's the other thing too yeah yeah 
But like, I mean, that's not a horrible TSM roster if they just like no, it's not. Speak a Hooney, Power Vival, Tactical, and insert average support. But J and T, what's the rule about guys that tweet out that they're allowed to explore options? I mean, the rule is the rule that they're gonna be leaving, but it's possible. But didn't Poe tweet that out? I said ninety-five percent, so maybe yeah. he's in that five percent. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you it never is. Never know, Mister J. I said ninety-five percent last week. I just wanted to refresh the the memory of what the rule is. Okay. Um, um I guess the last thing, if we're gonna round out this NA talk, is um apparently uh-huh. uh. Uh, Levi from the Gigabyte Marines. I don't even know if they're still called the Gigabyte Marines or if it's just some other Marines. Yeah. Um, but their acronym's still JM. Apparently, he might want to play in LCS next year. Yeah, which is um, like and then random. I'm just going to go off on a quick little tangent here because I have this down later, but it's better to talk about it now. The VCS is doing a winter split, quote-unquote, <laughs> Yeah. that starts in that? one week from now. Who the fuck knows what is going on with that? Um, if you don't know, the VCS didn't even have a summer split, and they're like they didn't they replaced their two spots at Worlds in the same format that they did in season ten. That region seems a bit fucked to me. Um, if I was a player in the VCS, I would consider getting out of there ASAP and going to PCS, LPL, challenger teams in the LPL. I would be doing whatever I could to get out of that region because I'll give my two cents on it real quick as well, just so we can then go so ahead, move go on. ahead. Cause, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, cause we are taking a while on this NA stuff. Um, yeah, I don't see the point. Like why even do a split? now? Yeah. What patch are you playing on? Like <laughs> what? Okay. What patch are you playing on? You're not able to send anyone to worlds. Uh, the, the new season's about to start in like a month. Yeah. You're not giving a break to the players. Um, well, they already had a break. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Let him play for fucking yeah, that, four that months. Yeah, that is true, actually. That is true. These goddamn well, players. Know. Is it really a break, though? Can we give them a six-month break? No, they must so, play. So, no, but hold on, though. Is it still a break? Because they didn't know if they were going to be going to Worlds or not. So you have to assume that they were still practicing and scrimming whenever they could. They just couldn't play the actual league. So I don't even know if I would call it a break, necessarily. They probably got their break once Worlds started, once they, they realized, probably, no, we well, actually they, can't go to Worlds. They definitely didn't have the mental stress of performing in a league, and if you're a good team or a bad team. Sure, like. sure. But the break from league, I think, is really important. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't see the point, honestly. I think that there's a chance that people don't even care yeah, exactly. about the like, league. And, and, and so your viewership probably dips really hard and people probably get a bad taste in their mouth as to a league that no one really cares about anymore. And then, I, I don't know, I just think it, I think it probably hurts more. Than, it does more harm than good, I think. Yeah, like just think of it from the player perspective. Like what is there to play for? Other than the prize money that you get from like placing at the end of the split in terms of like, oh, you, you know. finished first, you finished second, you finished third. Like, other than that prize money, which the players probably get a very, very small percentage of, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's nothing to play for. So it makes absolutely zero sense to me. Um, you know, I, I vividly said this multiple times in season 10 after Worlds concluded that the VCS, like Riot needed to create some backup plan with the VCS if they couldn't continue to perform at international events. It happened at MSI. It happened at Worlds. I think they have an okay Band-Aid format fix, but I still think they should change the format. And if I was a player in the VCS, I'd be getting the fuck out of there. Yeah. Okay, we've gone on for quite some time with the NA stuff, and we still got a lot to get through. So let's get to the EU stuff. Yeah. 
Do you want to just go through it all and then we'll talk about what yeah. matters? Or well, what do you, we'll how go you through we'll the most important thing that we know okay. right now is that the G2 roster seems to be complete with um, okay. the players. Um, so top lane, Broken Blade. We all like that. For yep. both of us are big BB fans. Uh, sure Yankos and Caps, Mid Jungle, obviously. Blackid, who is the Mad Lions EU ma or Regional League AD carry for their Spanish team. And then Targamas, I still don't know who the fuck he is, but he's playing support. Yeah, I guess he was involved. There was a few supports that were involved in tryouts, and he was the one that looked really, really good. Apparently, he says LEC Wulu. So I don't, I don't know much about these guys. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I'm happy that Broken Blades on a what oh, should he played be for, a top. Tier. He played for Caramine Court. Targamas. Okay, there you, I think I said that last it. week as well. I just forgot. But yeah, Caramine Corp is a lot of good, good players. So. Anyways, Broken Blade does not belong on a bottom tier team. Now, it's I guess it's possible that this is going to be a bottom tier team. I just don't think it's very likely. I think most people, when you see G2's lineup, regardless of who it is, you expect them to be more towards the upper half of the league. Um, and hopefully Broken Blade gets that because I think he played really well last year and unfortunately was still on a bad team. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, I don't know. G2 roster seems a little underwhelming. Um, my in main comparison to what you expected of G two, yeah. it's definitely underwhelming, and, and but I still think that they are not bottom half of the league. Yeah, I mean, I think my only reason for saying underwhelming is just because their bot lane is a question mark. Um, obviously G yep. two is going more on the side of like potential rather than we're gonna get like veteran known <laughs> quantities and like try to make this thing work. And it's like no, we're kind of doing like a bit of a rebuild here. We're getting this completely like new bot lane dynamic. Like I have no clue how these guys are gonna play. Like maybe they're the next fucking. On Sama and whatever, who knows? Because this Flacked guy is supposed to be is supposed to be really hyped. Yeah. Um, but moving along, because uh, we talk about G two every week, even though they literally have not like been at Worlds, whatever. But we're literally talking about G two every week. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, Treats staying with SK, going back to support, and then Gilius will be taking his place in the the jungle. Yeah, so there was some talk that Treats could be going to North America. It looks like that's not going to happen. Um, and Gilius, Gilius is kind of uh, high risk, high reward when yeah. I was watching him with Schalke. So that, I, guess, I guess what I think is this lineup should be interesting to watch. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence to say one way or another where I think, whether I think they'll be good or bad, but I think you will see a lot of variance. I think Treats actually looked really good in his first split of support. Unfortunately, he had to swap the jungle after. So I'm excited to see him get back to the support role and see what he can do there. Yeah, kind of interesting that he stayed with SK in the first place. I've always thought that esports teams do not reward loyalty like traditional sports teams do. So what do you mean by that? I don't know, like, like maybe like he got a better off from SK or if it was like a team-friendly roster or if he was maybe involved in any of the discussions or whatever. Like, I hope that Treats was getting some additional benefit for staying with a subpar org like SK mm. because I would have to think that, like, this guy probably was pretty sought after in free agency, yeah. whether it's North America, whether it's EU teams, like, when this guy was playing support in that first split, he was a top half support in the LEC, and the LEC has a lot yeah. of great supports. Yeah. So to see him run back SK with, which will presumably be a bottom half team, I just hope that he's like gotten a bit extra from SK that you he hope wasn't he got getting paid. Is what I you're do. Saying. I I, ho I hope. Okay, I'm yeah. I, I'm a treat. There's nothing like wrong him. with that. 
There's nothing wrong with that. I just, I just wanted to. I wasn't getting your point at first. Now I get your point now. Yeah, you're like, like, I hope for his sake. Like, if this guy stays on this shit team, this guy better get paid. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I agree. Uh, <laughs> next up, Kabe is joining Astralis. So I thought Kabe had an okay year with Misfits. Uh, maybe yeah, they even were good, not not amazing, but good. They were top and so five I didn't team. think that. Yeah, and now he's, he's they I guess they didn't want him or something. I don't know. He's joining Astralis, which Astralis didn't have the greatest year, but um Astralis showed some signs of being good. Like they're keeping Zanzara and Promise Q. I don't think Promise Q is all that good, I'm not going to lie, but I do think Zanzara had some good performances. I think White Knight is staying there as well. I was going to say and, I think our, we talked about him at some point whether it was last week or the week before, but I think both of us uh were in the same boat that we thought White Knight was like pretty decent. Like he's a yeah. decent player. Right. So so I I think that there's a chance that this team's um good, I guess. I I'm not um I don't know. I I guess I don't really have like a strong opinion on this team because I yeah, like I said, I really don't think Promise Q's that good. I think that guy runs it down. Yeah, um, I was just so checking I'm the I'm surprised that they're keeping him, honestly. I was checking the LEC Wulu sheet real quick just cuz I didn't know who they were playing in mid lane cuz we do know that Magic Felix is no longer on this team. There's just some random names. Are we able name. to pull up the Wulu sheet? Are no, plus it's kind team? of all zoomed out and crap, so I don't think it would. Yeah, it, it is pretty It wouldn't, it wouldn't okay. read well. Um, okay. But it's just this guy, Dejor. I have no clue the fuck that is. Um, but yeah, Promiscue is just a bit of a dirty enter, so it huh. feels like Astralis has like solid top laner, solid jungle, solid, mid, solid ADC, question mark at mid lane, and an enter at support, so... You would think that if they could have gotten yeah. like if they could get a decent mid and a decent support, like they could be a middle of the pack team. They could be fighting. Yeah, for, I look at this team as place. like they have some good pieces, but as a whole, I'm just not all that impressed. I'm not expecting much out of them. Um, like Zanzara. Mad Lions. Let's go Mad Lions stuff now. Yeah, they um, extended the contracts of their entire coaching staff. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Mac, their head coach. Just yeah. seeing his interview with. His interview with Ashley Kang, I gained a lot of respect. Like, I have a lot more respect for him, knowing a little bit more about him now. I think his outlook on coaching and giving his players rest is what players should have. So a lot of, lot of respect um, from me to, to Mac. I think that uh, that's nothing but good news for Mad Lions fans. Yeah, um, and also their new AD carry is going to be unforgiven, not forgiven. Yeah. If you're like me... You got baited when you read I the title. Baited. I got baited. I read that. And I was like, what? And as soon as I posted it to, to J&T for him to see it, I'm like, I'm not even going to tell him that it's unforgiven. I'm just going to let him take the bait like I did. I took the bait. Uh, it was, it was it is not forgiven. Well, because there's word that forgiven wanted to go back to pro play. And so like, yeah, that, that name just kind of stands out. So, yeah. Anyway, Why is this guy making his name Unforgiven when there was, like, Forgiven that existed before him? I never understand people yeah. who make names like that. Like, you're well, just Well, he might cringe. have had his name already. You, you could have been Unforgiven in, like, season two or something. You <laughs> gotta change that shit if Forgiven's, like, around. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, what else? What's uh, next? Next up, two people who I have no fucking clue who they are, but uh, Synchrov is joining Team BDS as their jungler, which is the Grabs team, the new LEC team who's taken over Shalka's spot. Um, he's from Caramine Corp, but, you know, they produce good players, but I really don't know who the, like, who he is or what he plays or whatever. And then last up, I didn't get this name right. Schlatan? 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 Uh, Do we know? I'm, this is a guess. I'm going to go with Schlatan. 
Anyway, uh, we'll go, we'll go with no that. Idea, um, he's a jungler, and he's apparently <laughs> going to be playing for Misfits, uh, presumably replacing Razork, who's gone off to Fnatic. Um, yeah, Misfits. Misfits is like a huge question mark to me because they did have that really good split. They had a lot of solid players like Razork, uh, like Vito. Like, is that guy staying on Misfits? Like, he better be. Like, he's their best player. Uh, it looks like it. Confirmed from the sheet. It looks like they're keeping here it. Schlatten, Schlatan. That ruins Vito, my that ruins my C9 Vito dream. Neon and then Vander. Okay, so that's that's all the stuff, but there's there's still some players that might be coming to North America. And so like you're talking about C9, it, on this sheet it says Niski is likely going to C9. It says C9 Niski and that is in blue, which is likely. Not confirmed, but likely. So that, I mean, is, isn't that good news, JNT? Yeah, and also Niski coming back to Cloud9 would I would also push me to think that they are more likely to retain more players from their previous roster. What I mean by that is like if you're gonna bring back a guy like Niski, like as I wouldn't even call it a band aid fix, but as your next mid laner after perks, like you would think that the whole thing would just be a lot easier to have him play with with, with Blabber, with Sven, with Vulcan, and obviously Fudge is yeah. gonna be a different player than Licorice. Um but I would just think that Niski kind of tips the scales more towards Cloud9 returning the majority of their players um, rather than them putting in a bunch of new rookies and whatnot. It still sounds likely that Vulcan ain't going to be there, but I do agree with what you're saying that it makes more sense that they keep. And one thing I will say is that I think that this is actually an upgrade for Cloud9 because I think Niski showed that like he's comfortable playing in North America. He actually, to me, still was the MVP in that first split. It was very neck and neck between him and Blabber when Blabber won his MVP split. Um, so I, I still count him as an MVP, even though he was the runner up. Um, so I, anyways, I think that this is an upgrade for cloud nine. Cause I've been vocal. I did not think perks was anything special. I think this is better for literally all parties. I think this is good for Niski. I think this is good for, for perks going back to Europe. I think that it's a win-win for just about everyone here. I think perks will look better once he's back in the European environment. Any other standouts? Uh, the only thing that stands out is that Inspired is white on this list, which means that he, he's also uh, white he IRL. Either doesn't know, nice, or he cannot say. So the the Inspired thing is really interesting because I think what the hell is Rogue's lineup gonna be? Yeah, well, it's looking Odawamne looks likely, and then Inspired is there as in white, as in like maybe, but he's not sure. Larson looks to be staying. They have uh, Lucker. Who's Lucker? I don't know him. Oh, uh, but name Patrick maybe. Patrick, oh, I think like is a Patrick. beast, man. Yeah, yeah like I think that guy's a beast. But he he's he's either gonna be on XL or on Rogue by the looks of things. But neither one of those look, or or maybe even Team BDS. Um, it's it's all unclear though with that stuff. So not enough information. It's all speculation at this point with with Patrick. But I think Patrick's a beast. And then Trimby is likely as well. So that's okay. what the Rogue thing is looking like. Okay, any other standouts, J and T? I don't got any more. The I'm vitality of, roster is the same as what we were talking about last week. So Alfari, self-made perks, Karzi, and Lebrov. Um, that that's pretty much it. Well, there uh, was this other thing that was going on this week. Do you remember ahead. what it was? No, refresh. It was the world final. Oh, I thought you meant with this. I you no, meant the... that was our segue because <laughs> we're out of segue, stuff. Though. It was a good segue. I was but just a little slow. My sorry. <laughs> my weird joke there was because. It feels like the world, like worlds, is a distant past. Like free agency started, it's going. Like, but this series happened like what, two days ago? 
two days ago man it feels like forever ago and it feels so overshadowed by all the arcane stuff and all the eu and na roster stuff yeah but we had worlds go five fucking games man it's funny because i thought uh, like oh my god like what a genius idea to do all this arcane stuff right in tandem with the world final but then it was like holy shit nobody gives a fuck about the finals <laughs> everyone cares about arcane like dude I was so much, I was way more intrigued with all of the arcane stuff. Like even watching just like the premiere right beforehand and like watching the first 10 minutes of the show than I was watching the final. Like, so for me, it was like, I was more intrigued by arcane, but that doesn't mean I wasn't intrigued by this finals. Like I was still so hyped for this final. No, I'm just, I really wanted Dan, I really wanted Dan one to win by the way. So I'm a little bit sad there, but like, it was like this weekend was just so freaking awesome, man. Like it was like everything you got rumors you got finals going five games you've got arcane which is hype by the way like it was such a jam-packed day it was it was just it was awesome i didn't get the result that i wanted in finals but it was so good and we also uh we have a prop sheet winner thank you guys by the way for all those that participated in the prop sheet we were really happy with the turnout we had like 45 people or something like that so like uh, that. a lot more a lot more than we had when we did this in spring finals earlier in the year so that was a lot of fun but let, let's get into the series first before we talk about who won the prop sheet um the series was five games um it was i will say a little slow the series was slow but it was tense because it's world finals you know where it's like if this is a game that's happening in north american lcs like a regular game you're just like this is snoozer but it's nail biting when you're watching this shit live man i like you know me, I can't relax when I'm watching this stuff. <laughs> You're just a puddle and of sweat so over there. I am a puddle of sweat. I'm nervous. I like I uh, anyways, this this series was great, but um I guess let's start getting into the players who who stood out, JNT. Um well, I think, you know, the obvious ones to talk about was I think the midlaners in this series. I think both of them played very very well and it was it, it was very interesting going back and kind of re looking at the series kind of watching you know bits and pieces of the game just how focused both of these teams were around just team fighting and team fighting only like there was so little you know uh, you know aggressive plays in lanes there was so little you know tower diving going on in the early game because it was all about grouping up around first rift herald grouping up around first dragon and whoever won that initial fight was basically in control of the next 10 minutes of the game before the next Herald spawned. And then whoever won that Herald fight was in the next 10, control of the next 10 minutes of the game. And pretty much every game, it kind of felt like the same thing. It was like, first Herald fight, whoever wins gets control. Second Herald fight, whoever wins gets control, which leads up to Drake's soul, which because, you know, Dragons was one of the things that was like, people were really hot and cold about it, it seemed, during Worlds. Like, some teams would very, you know, happily trade Heralds for Dragons and work on that soul stacking, whereas a lot of these, you know, teams that were performing much better at Worlds were ones who were really heavily playing on Rift Herald, sending four members, sending five members up there at 7.38 minutes to take it down right away and, you know, take control of the game until the next one. But in this game, we had both. Like, there was Herald fights, there was Dragon fights, there was fights everywhere. Like, it yes. was just all team fighting. That's all it was. Yeah, that that is a very good way of putting it. There was no fights unless there was an objective up, which I I mean that's not totally uncommon in league. Like you normally fight over, but to your point, there wasn't a lot of tower dives or any like huge advantages coming out of the lanes. Yeah. Um, there were some advantages, but not enough to force dives. But you could also chalk that up to being able to uh, having having good wave management and not allowing 
a dive to happen on you. Like, that is part of the equation as well. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, I, I will still say that Khan was very hit and miss this series. Um, if there was any, like, weakness in a lane, I think it was him. But he still had some good performances as well. Um, the the hit for me, or the hits, rather, was his Gragas. I think Khan's Gragas is amazing. It's very, very good. His scoreline didn't look the greatest, but I don't think that that accurately depicts how well he played on his Gragas. Um, he had really nice setups, um, really nice engage at the one drag fight where they ended up ultimately winning the game. So I thought his Gragas was great. I thought his Graves was great as well. But then he had Yasuo, Gwen, and, and another Graves game in game five where, like, those three games I did not think he looked very good. So he had two very good games and three not so good games. And so um, I think that he was a big part of why they actually didn't end up taking it home, which to me is unfortunate because this was his chance to get his world championship before he had to retire and do the military service thing. And unfortunately, he didn't show up uh, in all of the games, which is pretty sad. Yeah, I think, you know, top lane was, I think the lane that was the main focus for Dam one, because if you look at the rest of the map roll by roll, I think we kind of outlined last week that Viper and Mako were going to have the advantage in lane early on because of how great of a lane duo they are. And Showmaker and Scout, the two great players, you know, that they are, it was most likely going to go even. Like, I don't think we were expecting one mid laner to roll over the other like we'd seen previously in, in a few other series. And then JJ, it was just all about controlling Canyon, which he did a very fantastic job in. Yes. And top lane was going to be like, okay, like, this is Khan's time to shine. He's performing very well on the carries. Uh, Flandre hasn't been the best top laner, hasn't been the worst top laner, but, you know, if anyone is going to push down one over the edge, it's going to be this guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some games he did that and other games he didn't. Yeah. Um, so I actually thought that Jejia was the series MVP, in my opinion. I, I thought he looked great. Um, now, they ended up giving it to Scout. I don't think Scout had a bad series whatsoever. I think he actually had a good series. But to me, I was very, very impressed with Jia Jia, um, specifically his ability to pick off Showmaker, which this is a little bit of criticism towards Showmaker as well, because this was the series where he could have just put himself right into the GOAT conversation, and I don't think Showmaker played that well. I still think he, he looked okay, um, but there was a lot of crucial moments where he got caught out. Um, there was the one in Game 5 where he's on Syndra and Flandre catches him out. Props to, to Flandre. We'll come back to that a little bit. Uh, in game one, Jejez Jarvin caught him out multiple times. And JNT, as a Jarvin player yourself, you can attest to this. Trying to lock down a LeBlanc as Jarvin is difficult to do. Yep. And he did a really good job of it. Like, that, like, he made it look so much easier than it actually is. And so his ability to pick off Showmaker multiple times in the series that ultimately led to wins was really, really impressive to me. And that's why I think Jeje was my series MVP. Not to mention he hard-gapped Canyon in game four, which who the hell ever hard-gaps Canyon? So mm -hmm. for me, it was Jeje MVP, no doubt. And I was really surprised that they gave it to, uh, to Scout. Nothing against Scout, though, of course. Yeah, I think if, if I really had to pick one player specifically, I would probably go JJ as well. Um... But I think the other guy that I wanted to throw in there just into the mix is Mako. I thought he had a really great series. Um, I've mentioned multiple times, so I think that, you know, Rakan is the best support right now, and he did both a really good job of, one, countering the Rakan with Zillion in Game 1, and also in Game 5 just playing insanely well on that champion. Um, ultimately, you know, was huge in that winning effort. Um, so I, I thought he, I thought he just had a really great series. Ghost and Barrel could basically yeah. not do anything in lane pretty much the entire series. 
Mako was doing such a great job with JJ um, in all the various team fights. And, you know, uh, you know, the better team fighting team won on this day, and, and that was CDG because of their, their jungle support. Yeah, so I, I actually totally agree on the Mako point. I thought he looked great, and I thought his Rakan was great. But the, the one standout thing for me was the Zillion in game one. That guy, like, he never flinched using his ultimate. Like, he, Zillion ulti is actually difficult to use. I know it's point and click, kick W, but up against a LeBlanc with so much burst, it's hard to know when to use it. Like, you need to really know how much damage the yeah, it's Yeah, it's easy to waste to it, is what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And he didn't waste it at all. He was perfect with the Zillion ulti, and I thought that was so impressive. So definitely a huge shout-out to Mako. I thought he had a great series, and his Zillion was really, really impressive. Um, What else? Uh, Okay, Flandre, um, I didn't think had the greatest start to the series, but I thought he had the biggest clutch factor in the series. The game five catch onto Showmaker that I just mentioned, where he sneaks into the brush and uh, Showmaker walks up to combo on Syndra and he gets caught by Flandre's cannon. That was a huge pop off game. Uh, that there's some foreshadowing there. The huge pop off game with Flandre on the cannon that ultimately, to to me, clinched the series because that was game five. I believe they ended up getting Soul Point right after that. Maybe it was Soul. I don't remember if it was Soul or Soul Point. But definitely, that was the team fight that swung it in EDG's favor, and they were able to close out the game from the lead that they got after that team fight. So, huge clutch factor coming out of Flandre. Even though I mentioned the MVP for Jeje, that was really, really clutch from Flandre. And, like, yeah, I think he was the reason they won Game 5. Yeah, um, definitely had a better end to the start, a better end to the series than start, because he was running it a wee bit. In, uh, yeah, specifically that game three when uh, Combs playing the Gragas, like you mentioned, that guy was limit testing. I'll say. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Like his series was not that great to start, but as it went on, God, did he look good? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really weird how a guy can turn around a series like that. But I guess it's also weird on the counter side where Khan could be so good in two games and so bad in three. Yeah. So you get, I guess you take the good with the bad. That's just League of Legends. Um, what else? I guess a couple of things for me. One, I, I, we have to talk about the game five Baron steal. Cause that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. You mean sneak? Yeah. That, steal, what did I say so. steal? Yeah. Yeah. Sneak. Yeah. That was like, look, Baron sneaks happen. That, that, that's something that does happen. But like with those two champions and the, the time that they cho- chose to do it, they walked over vision walking towards the pit. And they just cleared out the vision and then just started it up as th- three other teammates of theirs all went mid to protect midwave. Like they were so split up. If you get caught there, which they could have easily gotten caught there, seeing as they were spotted walking in that direction, you just get caught out and die and throw the game right there. And you could see that by the time they killed Baron, they were on low HP. Bar. Yeah, like Canyon like, smited at like 100 HP. With that said, though, and of course, hindsight, oh, it was a good call. It was a good call because they were slowly losing grip on the game. Yeah, they, and it they was were a at, good call. I think they were get, like 4K to do down something. at the point. No, exactly. Yeah. So, like, unbelievable. The Whoever made that call, I'm really, really impressed. They ultimately didn't get the win, but that was such a weird, weird Baron sneak. That's not, that's not a normal Baron sneak. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I, mean, I think part of it was, like, there was just a ton of A-ramming in this entire series, and I think that was... Mainly because you could see that there was no clear advantages being gained in the side lanes from either team, both in lane phase and out of lane phase. Like, 
you weren't going to just randomly pick off a guy in the side lanes. These players are too smart and they're too on form to do that. And it was just a, whoever was going to win the team fighting was going to win the series. So I think both teams kind of recognized that. And we just saw a ton of A-ramming this series. And that's part of the why, like, this random two-man Baron is just, like, so unexpected. Like, yeah, it's part of what makes it so genius in, in, in a way. Yeah. And, and we, like I said, you have to make something happen. And they did. Yeah. And DDG didn't see it coming. And then, yeah, oh my god, yeah, it was just like, imagine like if, if there's a live crowd there, like I th- we've all we've all heard these stories about like in shooter games and in league games, like the crowd will start to make noise when something's happening. Like you'll hear this from CS:GO pros all the time. Like they'll say like if they're just standing alone in a site, like they'll sometimes just start looking at walls randomly. Like they'll just hover their cursor over a wall. And see if you know they hear any crowd noise because then you'd be like, oh, yeah. he's like, ooh, like, I must I su- be aiming at someone through the wall. That's yeah, what you're so I, to, I right? wouldn't be surprised at all. Cause like, how long did that Baron take? Like, a long like, time. It was Graves and Trundle. You would have to think like you might hear some ink, like some sort of crowd rumbling, or like, oh, why is the crowd getting noisy? Like, and he's like, hmm, let me just go check Baron real quick. Like, I really wonder if that like could have played a factor at all. Yeah, which. That that honestly is a good point because Aphromoo used to say like when he was would in the LCS stage you'd just be like yeah if you hear the crowd going like getting loud randomly you know that a team's on there yeah. <laughs> so that is that is actually a factor when there is a live crowd so that is interesting my last um my last player shout out that I wanted to talk about was where the I oh yeah it was Canyon I guess it's not even a shout out it's more of like a damn like he he got his lease in. He looked great on it, but he didn't get it again and never looked the same in the rest of the series when he wasn't on the lease in. And we've seen Canyon was probably the best jungler in the world coming into this series. And I, I guess I just didn't think that he had that great of a series outside of the lease in game. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, when, a, when an overwhelming favorite just loses, it, it really makes me want. And, like, let's, like be honest you're like they got outplayed it wasn't like like sure demon was playing bad but edg was playing great and edg went out and they won that series but it makes yeah. me think like how like if we do play this series again like how many times does damn win because i think this one series would indicate that it was probably closer than everyone expected but at the same point you had guys like khan who, were, who was really hit or miss canyon who like had that one amazing uh, game one but didn't really look the same like you said and you know they're Damwon's bot lane's inability to do anything. Like, what happens if we play it again? Yeah, so so here's but my I'm take I'm not trying on... to take credit away from EDG. They play no, of course not. Of course not. But here, here's my take on the series coming into it. Because I feel like as a community, we missed out on a really good opportunity to hype up. This is so hindsight, by the way. Yeah. I realize how hindsight this sounds. But we did miss out on an opportunity to hype up number one LPL seed versus number one LCK seed. Yeah. Like, how did we miss this? How did we get here? It did feel like, like people had kind of already crowned Damwon in a way because yeah, it was just like... Us included. Yeah, us oh, included. for sure. I mean, I, I said it was going to be 3-0. Like, how did we let this slip through our fingers? Because of all the arcane hype, dude. <laughs> Nobody gave a fuck. Well, in the... <laughs> The the T one versus Dam one was the real finals. Yeah, like, it was. I, I feel like such a bonehead now <laughs> for having thought that when it's like we literally have number one seed versus number one seed from the two best region in the world, and we're like series is over. When's Arcane start? Like, <laughs> bro, how did we let this happen? And I think that what this teaches me, and I hope it teaches the community, is that we can't have that attitude going into a series anymore unless it's like. 
if somehow Cloud9 made finals and they were going up against Dan One, by all means, say whatever series was the finals. We had number one. I'll say it again. We had number one versus number one in the two best regions. And everyone thought it was all wrapped up. I, I still can't believe I, I allowed myself to, to get caught up in that. Um, <laughs> and yes, I realize it's so very hindsight. I, I know, but yeah, it went five games. Should we be that surprised? Probably not. <laughs> I feel like a dumb dumb. <laughs> but anyways, the series did deliver. It went five games. Like I said, it was slow. Um, especially game four was like hella slow. There was like nine kills or some shit. Yeah, um, that was weird. But it was good because it was it was tense and the gold leads were always close. Um, I believe Vettius or I think it was Vettius said like in game five, like the whole series, 2K gold has been the, the gold lead. Like it was the whole time it was on a knife's edge. And I don't think you can ask for much more than that from a world final, especially when we've gotten so many sweeps in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but amazing series and obviously huge congrats from from both of us to EDG because this is a team that uh, for a long time was one of LC, LC, L, or LPL's top seeds or top teams rather and never really made a run. They finally made the run and they yeah, made they, it count. They had never so, made it past quarterfinals. Right. And they finally made the run and they definitely made it count. And now they're world champions and they shocked. They literally shocked the world because everyone had damn one win in this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievable and like we mentioned uh scout mvp now jnt would you like to announce the winners of our prop sheet that we had a few people well quite a few people participate in yeah so we had how many entries uh 43 43 total entries okay with the winner getting 19 out of a total 32 possible points which you might think is low, but the average was like only 14. So, like, 19 is pretty good in comparison to the average of 14. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, a lot of the questions aren't 50-50. Like, yes, a lot of them were, but a lot of them, like, there's, like, four choices. with Like, the dragon yeah. question, for example. Or there's the, the who's going to get the most kills or average the most kills where there's, like, literally 10 players to choose from. So, yeah, getting above half of the points is a good score, I would say. Yeah, so our first place winner, um, getting $75. Uh, worth of RP um, is Slugger. And that's with the... Slugger 18. Yeah, Slugger 18 with the 3 for an E. So um, I haven't yet, but I'm going to send you a message on Twitch. Um, and I'll pretty much do that right after this. Um, and our second place winner, who also had 19 points, but Slugger edged him out in the tiebreaker question, which was latest first blood of the series oh i didn't know that they were tied yeah they were tied 1919 oh okay. and then three got there are two other guys had 18 and a half okay so it was it was a close battle for the top spot um and our guy who finished second place um i don't have a twitch name for him but i have your email and i've sent you an email don't say the email okay. obviously not don't. gonna say his email okay. i just just wanted to yeah okay just wanted to become stupid we all do stupid things from time to time. <laughs> well, you know who you are, Mr. Person, who I sent you an email, so uh, please look at your email. I'm not going to say your name because that would insinuate your email. Yeah, and, and I guess the last thing to say on it is uh, just thanks to everyone that participated. Me and JNT love doing this shit. Like, I think it's a lot of fun. It makes worlds way more interesting, and it makes, I don't know, 
when it makes champ select more interesting waiting for that lucian to get locked in for con even though it didn't happen that that kind of stuff makes it way more fun and anything that we could do to have like something fun with our like small community that we have i think is awesome and we're going to try to continue to do that um and and a huge shout out to all the people that subbed throughout the year because the the money that we got for it we used from our sub money we used all of our sub money from the year to to for this prize pool and so we hope that you guys really enjoyed it and we hope that you guys come back and do it the next time we do a prop sheet because i feel like we'll probably do one again at some point yeah so, who uh, knows? last thing to note um because i wanted to point this out uh -huh. um me and blue jay had a little ten dollar yeah, bet i was gonna get to that which i won so the imaginary crowns going on my head i'm still the prediction champion uh huh. Um, we both had 15 points. I won on the yes, tiebreaker because I'm yeah, a genius. Yeah, he won the tiebreaker. Let's just be clear. Hey, the, the winner, way, the winner won the tiebreaker. Had, yes, yes. I still had a really good guess time though. I had picked 11:40 for the latest first blood, and it was like 12:35. Uh, so I was less than a minute off. You, however, were like 12:14 or something. So you were like 20 seconds off or something like that. Yep. So, hey, hats off to you. Um, uh, quick shout out to like, quick shout out to our boy Pavon who had the he had the closest first blood time. He was six oh, seconds okay. off. Oh, nice. Miss a gooey kid. Okay. Um, yeah. I for those wondering, yes, I am salty, very, <laughs> very salty, and I will look to get my revenge the next time that we do such things. Um, and any my copium that goes along with this is like, I got all the predictions that like weren't total rng that's my copium um jnt predicted the the ocean drag ah, anyone could predict that that's just all fugazi oh you uh, went with the fugazi atlas thing like oh it's atlas <laughs> it's all gonna be cloud souls like no no yeah. no you got, you got okay I'm, I'm done being salty i promise you got baited, um kid. so grats to jnt grats to the two winners we will reach out to you guys uh when we can soon honestly um yeah. okay Let's do pop off bean soup. Yep. Pop off bean soup. Hit it. Hit it. J J N T. What do you um, got? I kind of had a weird uh, pop. -off. It's not even a weird pop off, but the pop off is just like the date of November the sixth was awesome. Like what a fucking day. Like, World's finals. Arcane later on. I kind of missed Arcane like live because I was watching UFC oh fights. Oh my god. Maybe I'm giving J N T my bean soup. Dude. He's like, I'm going to watch fights, which don't get me wrong, I love the USC and all, but like, this is Arcane Premiere, bro. I watched, this is I the, watched the first half of the first episode live until they fucking ruined it with these, let, let's just pan to the audience shots. Like, God, that's yeah. my bean soup. I just changed it. Okay. That was weird. But anyways, carry on. So, so okay. So your pop-off was just the day, which yeah. by the way, the day was freaking awesome. It was, it was great. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. I agree. My pop-off, I actually gave to Flandre, which I hinted at before. The the Game 5 Kennen, that was the, the clutch pick onto Showmaker, no less. The guy that is trying to push himself into the GOAT conversation. You picked him off, and you took away that GOAT from him. You could never uh, take down Faker. That was... That, well, anyways, that play was the one that clinched it for me. And for a guy that wasn't having the greatest series at the start to turn it around and ultimately win Game 5 for your team... That I had to give him pop off. That was just a very, very clutch play. And if you go back and watch that play, he does a really sneaky. He sneaks into the brush. I can't really explain it all that well, but he did. It was a really nice play. So good for him. Uh, Bean soup. 
I gave to the scouting grounds guys. So for those that don't know, there was a guy that was invited to scouting grounds and then they ended up announcing like, whoops, he wasn't supposed to be invited, but don't worry. You can come along anyways. Like, oh, it was so cringe, man. He gets invited. They're like, oh, crap. We weren't supposed to invite that guy. Hey, do you want to invite him so we could do player interviews or something with him? Yeah, he'll love that. Like, But he can't dude, actually play in any of the stuff. I would feel like such shit if that was me, man. Like, I wouldn't want to go for the, I don't know, they get like a Q&A or something with the Players Association. Ugh. I'd feel so bad. Anyways, I'm giving bean soup to whoever sent out the wrong invites. Double check the list, man. I don't know how that happens, but anyways, it happened, and that's that's my piece on Bean Soup. Yeah, I on the spot just changed mine because during that, you know, the Arcane Premiere thing, when stuff was just going on, and then they just panned to the like, oh, we got to show this view of the live audience and them watching it and them not reacting or doing anything. That sucked. Yeah, that, that was, was like huge, just vibe killer. <laughs> Okay, we're we're getting into the arcane stuff right now, anyway. So let's just start, talk about arcane. Mm -hmm. You you gave the pop off and bean soup, right? Any any yeah, anything yeah. else on that? No, okay, no, no. so the the one thing that I will say is that watching arcane with five hundred or six hundred thousand people in Twitch chat is actually hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, this is where we should remind people that there are going to be spoilers in this section of our show. Sorry. Uh, we're going to talk it. about the show. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. If you don't want spoilers, I highly recommend going on Netflix and watching it. Um, when, when like, they're running across the bit bridge, they're being chased, and you just see Twitch chat being, like, should have used Flash after the guy falls off. The <laughs> like, stuff like that. Or Jinx is in the corner, and she's, like, hiding while they're all brawling, and people are like, report Jinx. She's, <laughs> she's AFK. Like, it was actually that funny. That stuff is just really funny. So I've never watched a show like that with Twitch chat with so many people, so that was good. But the show, the show itself was just great. Any, where do you want to start with this, JNT? This is so, like, uncharted territory for us. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I mean, I love, like, the visuals and the animation were great to begin with. I, I think I got this, like, weird feeling in my stomach when we watched the world's um, 2021 song. And it turned into, like, that really dog shit 3D animation at the end. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> dog shit, but it was just, like... It's not really what I was picturing, so I was like, oh god, like, please don't let the arcane stuff resemble this, because I just didn't like that style at all. I was way more into the more, the, the more 2D, sort of traditional anime type stuff. But I mean, the whole, all the animation looked great. Like, it, it was all yes. great. Like, visually, the animation was visually pleasing. Everything, yeah. like, what I would have hoped for. And, like, the color scheming was, like, great with, like, when they showed... Um, like Piltover on the top and Zon on the bottom, like the overworld versus the underworld, like that was all great. Like, dude, I love that. Just seeing yeah. the the cities and, and the areas, what it looks like, it just makes you want an MMO, doesn't it? Like to be able to explore and go, like, oh, I can't wait. Um, I know this is like I said, it's uncharted territory for us, JNT, but I I wouldn't let us go astray without having some talking points. So I got us covered here. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite character? Ooh, um, I don't know. Jace, maybe I like him. Like he's cool. I like Heimerdinger. Oh, well, like if we're—I thought you meant like an actual, like a character that's gonna have a lot of screen time. Well, Heimerdinger might. I mean, maybe, but I think we don't know yet. Yeah, yeah we don't I don't know. know. I, I, I always just enjoy the little. No, he was great the, when he like yeah. when he poked his head out of the thing when like when we first saw him. Like that was funny. Yeah, you gotta love Heimerdinger. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, are you team Jinx or team Vi? God damn it. I like people were like, I saw this all on like social media and like when yeah. they were doing the one hour, like red carpet premiere thing before that, it was like, are you team Vix or team? I was like, this is such a huge jerk off. Like, what is this? <laughs> but then like I was watching the show. I was like, uh, dude, I'm team Vi. Like Vi is kind of a you beast. Have- you have, like, it, it's so weird watching this show because you have these attachments. I'm saying this, like, you feel attached to these characters because we've been playing this game for almost a decade. And just now we're getting so much of their story coming out. It's like, I'm just, you're so, like, naturally hungry for the story of them. And whenever you see anything, any of their, like, struggles or anything like that, you're, like, you're just emotionally attached, which I never thought I would say that about a, a freaking video game show. Like, Team it's crazy. Vi. I I went back and forth. Ultimately, I ended up going Team Jinx uh, or that Team sucks. Powder, if you will. Why does that suck? The the poor thing. You kind of feel that was like actually it. interesting to like that her like the kind of origin of her name. Like that was I like that as well. I like that. Uh, you gotta love. Everyone was like Powder. Like what is this? I've never heard of that. And then uh, yeah, you ultimately find out that her name is Jinx, or she gets her name Jinx from when. Her sister Vi tells her that you're a jinx, which was like, aw. And so, like, you kind of feel bad for the character. Um, but also just seeing what I loved about the show was seeing how different Jinx is versus Vi. Like, or excuse me, Jinx versus Powder. Those are two, like, they're the same character, but those are two different characters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I you really anticipate a lot more to happen to see how powder becomes the jinx that we know this crazy maniac that likes to shoot a shit ton of guns and uh you you know that old thing so Mm -hmm. that's something that i'm really looking forward into the upcoming episodes um another thing that i'm interested to see is how because they did a little teaser afterwards for those watching on netflix if you close the browser too quickly i highly recommend going back to see if you could find that little teaser it's like a minute long but it looks like vi and caitlin's stories are about to cross that's what it looks like anyways um, and so I'm interested to see what that dynamic looks like because Caitlyn being like the sniper that we know with like the, you know, the gun and whatnot, she's probably more finesse and you got Vi who likes to punch the crap out of stuff. I think there's like a cool little dynamic there of like finesse well, and, and, and just pure brute. I'm pretty sure like they have like, they're intertwined in the lore. No, like yeah. Caitlyn's well, always after so. Vi. I'm pretty sure that's how it works is Caitlyn chases after Vi. Like I'm not a lore guy. I don't know shit about the league lore. So we have to be careful here because Travis just raided us. So thank you, Travis, for the raid. But we are talking about um, Arcane. And so there is definitely spoilers right now, guys. Um, huge shout out to Travis for the raid, though. Much appreciated, as always. Um, and for those of you that uh, may, might not want to stick around or want to catch the start of this episode, um, just so you know, you can find us on YouTube. Go subscribe there. And you'll get our episodes every week. It is the Clown Fiesta podcast. Um, yeah, I'll just plug there. preface by saying we're an hour and a half in already. And yeah. Arcane is kind of like our last topic that we're talking about. But It is the last. But uh, you, can yeah. look at, you can watch the VOD, and the VOD will be up on YouTube probably within an hour. So Yeah, but uh, thanks for the raid, Travis. Always always appreciated. And Hotline League was freaking awesome tonight for, for what that is worth. <laughs> um, what else? Raid. So, okay. So th- we were talking about uh, the story of Vi and Caitlin and how that it's looking like that's going to be crossing over. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see, like, um, I'm getting lost in my notes here. Um, I, I want to see more about these champions. So there's a lot uh, of champions in the actual, 
there, there's a lot of champions in the story still, and there's a lot of them that are kind of like teased, right? So, um, again, spoiler alert, uh, you got Jinx, you got Vi, Jace, Caitlyn, Victor, Heimerdinger, and they kind of teased Rise, although we don't know if it's Rise yet, do we? We don't know. It could be. And then you've got Echo and apparently Singed. Were you aware of this, JNT? Well, I'm just reading something right off to my left because I just wanted to find, like, I just wanted something in the background to look at as, like, a quick summary. And, like, there's this thing at the bottom. It says, like, they were talking about the villain, who's Silco, um, who seems like a pretty cool villain. Um, Love Silco. It little, looks like a really interesting his character. His little purple juice uh, little potion there uh, makes some uh, some pretty beefy boys. But it says many theorized the scientist to be singed. I was yes. like, hmm. So interesting. So actually, actually singed. I caught this JNT. They have singed in the credits. After. Really. They have the voice, and it says singed. Yes. It doesn't say Silco. So someone is singed. It, well, there's Silco as well. There's an, another guy voicing Silco. But I caught in the credits. It does say singed. I found that. I should have screenshot it. Mm, um, interesting. But yeah, so. We're pretty sure that the scientist guy that's working with Silco is, in fact, Singed, which I can't wait to get to that oh, storyline. The, the scientist guy working with him or Silco himself? Yes. No, not Silco. The guy oh, working with him. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, Silco is a really exciting character. I always think that, like, the bad guy is, like, make or break for me. Um, I, uh, This is obviously, I go back to the Dark Knight. Like, the Joker made that movie for me. So, like, I'm always a big fan of, like, I need a good bad guy, and so far I'm really happy with with Silco, and I feel like there's so much to go there. Um, but I can't wait to see what Singe does because Singe well, is singed. like that guy was what we saw so far. If that is Singe, was very like not all that crazy, but Singe is like a maniac. I was reading up on some more today. Apparently, he like hooked up Warwick to like the the thing that Warwick's got on his back, and was doing a bunch of tests on Warwick. So that guy's a crazy crazy guy and maybe we see warwick in the show as well yeah it feels like just after three episodes there's like a whole different number of paths that this story can take yes and that's what i think makes it even more interesting was we just got like the little tease of three episodes and you know i mean the story does seem to be focused around this main like this main cast of characters of jinx vi jace really like the like jace caitlin um and Victor, like the whole little gang, like but we just know from the lore that there are so many different things that can happen and champions that interact with these yeah. champions and like it just makes me wonder how much more are we gonna see in only six more episodes. It's like that yeah, was a that was like, that was a third of the show. Like the episodes go by actually so fast. They're apparently forty five minutes long. It doesn't feel like it when you're watching them though. Um yeah, uh, absolutely unbelievable. And what I have to wonder is um, with this show being such a big hit, it looks like it's a really big hit. Apparently, it's number one in a bunch of countries, is what we're hearing. It was number nine today on Netflix in North America. I was on Netflix earlier, so interesting. I thought it was number. I thought it was number one. Well, I just think it was like just today, so I don't know. I if could that tell mattered. you on the. I could tell you on the Canadian Netflix, it was number four today. Okay. Um, so I was like, oh, I guess Canada is not one of those countries where it's number one. But the point is, it's a huge hit. And so yes, it is. what what I do wonder, and, and this might be getting ahead of ourselves here, but I do wonder if what kind of impact this is going to have on the game itself. How many new players come out, like or how many people end up playing League of Legends because of it? It's like, funny, like, think... well, I saw like a ton of stuff on Reddit and Twitter just talking about like 
with all this new attention to Riot because of Arcane, I hope we welcome all the new players with open arms. And I just, oh my just God. makes I hope we do too. It but just, I'm not it counting just makes on me it. think of like all the like horrid experiences you hear oh. about like new player toxicity, like on Reddit and on Twitter, just saying how like, you know, I've always been interested in getting into this game, but I actually started playing the game, and wow, the community sucks, and like everyone's flaming. And it's like, like <laughs> man, like yeah, it sucks, but it's kind of the harsh reality. So I do wish like people get a little bit nicer. I actually like that someone made that post. I don't think it's likely that people... I don't think people are going to be nice to the new people joining the community because we know how shit the community can be. But I, I really think that that's an important um, notion to put forward that, like, I really hope that people that are new to the community can enjoy the good parts of, of our community because I think that there's going to be an influx of new players. And the dream that we can't go too far into speculation here but the dream is that more people play the game and of course you know what i'm thinking i'm hoping north america gets more players so we can actually <laughs> have a better region that I, I don't i'm not gonna go as far as to say arcane's gonna save na because i i don't necessarily think that's the case but i will say i guess it is possible um which is a whole lot of hopium and copium but it is possible and, and i hope that that's the case hmm. um Anything else? Anything else that stood out to you when watching the show? I don't know. It just it feels like I gotta watch it again. Like you already watched it two times. I, I did watch it, it twice. It I feels did. it feels like I gotta go back and rewatch just to There's like... a, a couple champions that I think were hinted at that I, I hope to see as well. Um one of them being Twitch. You remember when they did the little experiments? I didn't see as well? that. The colors were off, that was all. Because the whole purple juice. Well, we and... don't know if that's Twitch. It might not be Twitch, right? I don't know. Yeah. But like I saw a rat and I saw I was like, he looks kind of poisony. <laughs> like i'm not a lore expert by any means i'm just some noob that's been given this freaking awesome gift of like amazing lore and like i'm so noob i, I, I don't know what to do with it did we um, know who I... like the council leader was the uh the black woman was that senna no or was that like no it was know? not senna her name started with an m her name started with an m uh i remember you know what it sounded at... like it sounded like moderna like the vaccine <laughs> really that's what it sounded like it was something it was something close to that so i don't know much about her yet but uh, she looked like we will she looked like a champion, but I just didn't. She did look like a champion, didn't she? Name's um, Mel. But you know what? So did Vander too. Vander looked like a champion. I sound like Brahm a bit. Yeah, I, he, he gives those Brahm vibes, doesn't yeah. he? He does. Um, the other thing that I actually think is interesting and I think is a little bit underrated is the uh, he was one of the enforcers, the guy that like he sold out the the good guys and got the 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 bag of gold. You know that yeah, guy. Yeah. And then at the end, he, like, I think it's the same guy that, like, chloroforms Vi, which is, like, dude, like... <laughs> yeah, oh, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little much, but, I mean, I guess he was technically saving Vi. And so I think there's, like, um, maybe, what's the, like, uh, a redemption arc for that guy. And I don't know much about him whatsoever. So I'm really interested to see uh, what comes of that story as well. I think that'll be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. If, if It did feel like the main storyline and everything was, like, the Jinx and the Vi thing. But I, yeah. I was, like, pretty intrigued by the whole, like, the Jace side of things when, like, he was trying to use science to control magic and whatnot. And, like, that makes me think, like, oh, he's going to build this, like, beast hammer that he's going to beast out with. And Did you think it was Victor at all? Did that catch you off, gu off guard? Um, I mean, obviously, like, obviously, it's, it's so, it's obvious now when you think, go back and look at it. Like, he's holding the cane that he's walking around on, which was, like, Dude. Victor, it's what it does. But, like... 
when they said it was like, oh, Victor. It's like, oh, hey. Okay, I'm going to admit to something noob here. So, I, I mean, I've said I am noob when it comes to the lore. I, I'm very excited about it, but I don't know much about it. I thought because there was at one point in the show where it's like Heimerdinger says something like, if this book gets in the wrong hands, and that as Victor is picking up the book, like all like the information about Daddy the, was Rise? The, nope. I thought that he might be Swain because Swain has a cane as well. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh, no, it gets in the wrong hand. Swain's a bad guy. So That's people that Swain. know the lore, people that know the lore might be looking at me being like, you're an idiot, which okay if, yeah sure but that's what actually what i thought i was like that's swain and then i was like oh it's victor i'm like oh well okay. old swain though new swain doesn't have the cane anymore the new the when they updated his visuals and reworked his kit mm. he lost the well, cane didn't have that i anymore. didn't even recognize anyway anyways i don't have much more to say on it i think it was awesome uh, i can't cool. wait to see more uh the champions alone make it so interesting because you you watch it with an eye of like anytime there's a new character that comes on the screen you're like who could that be right mm -hmm. like it's it's kind of uh it's exciting anyways and i think it's it's something that the whole league community is going to be hella fired up for and it's just delivering um so many people saw so many tweets from from prominent league personalities just saying that they had high expectations and that it absolutely delivered and it just did it just did so it's a really exciting time to be a League of Legends fan, um, especially this weekend was. Uh, what can you say? There was so much good stuff over the weekend. Uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah. they're, do they're doing like events and across all their games pretty much. So even if you're not like a League fan and you're a Valorant person or a DFT or Wild Rift or Legends of Runeterra, like they're doing stuff all over the place. And I know there's like plenty of rewards that you can get. Watching the show, you can also get like bonus rewards on the the Riot Arcane website, where you go through like the little the two D story on the website. I did that for the free rewards and only because of the free rewards. But <laughs> hey, skins are skins. Yeah, yeah. So and, and honestly, unbelievable how they marketed this thing too. I guess that's one other thing I should add. Yeah, the, I, it, there was so I many would like love to know how much money they spent on advertising this thing, man. Yeah, you was, saw it everywhere. There was like so many random Reddit posts of like arcane on a bus in Russia, like arcane in a subway system in like France, like yeah, it was like kind of random, but like I was like, oh, okay, like they're really going for it here. And I mean, like every like so much like plugging it on on Twitter and like partnering with streamers and even doing that whole like. Uh, premiere in the first place like it was all good like it, it was great yeah it was certainly awesome so i don't have anything more to add i think it's time we wrap up the show but before we do i just want to remind people one more time if you missed the start of the show jnt is going to be uploading it it should be up in about an hour approximately give or take um mm -hmm. and so if you guys want to find it again go over to the clown fiesta podcast you can find us on youtube spotify apple Podcasts. it's on all the anchor supported stuff so you could find it on there um yeah we'll be back again next week same time monday we'll probably go on right after hotline seeing as travis is usually pretty good at teaching us a lot of the new roster moves that are happening and we expect a lot to be learned uh when free agency starts which i believe is the 15th or the 16th i think, I think it's the 16th but yeah so we should be learning stuff real soon as of right now we'll go live same time next week on monday yes um, yes yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say. I feel like there was something else I wanted to add, but it's not coming to we mind. We get to talk about more Arcane next week. Yeah, we'll talk, we will cover more Arcane next week, and of course, the off-season stuff, like I just mentioned. Um, but that's going to do it for us. This has been six, episode 65 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. We thank you guys so much, and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>